You're listening to The Bridge Metro West, located at 7 Strathmore Road in Natick, Massachusetts. For more information about The Bridge Metro West, our weekly Sunday gatherings, and other events, go to www.bridgemetrowest.com. Well, welcome to The Bridge Metro West, where everything goes according to plan. And thank goodness for Greta to remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing according to the plan. And I want to welcome our online family. I haven't welcomed you yet. Thank you guys for watching. If you're local, you should be here. But eh, that's okay. You know, in-house family, give our online family a hand. Go ahead. That was dangerously close to a golf clap. But here, here's what I want to say about that. I'm flying to California tonight, and tomorrow morning I am scheduled to step onto a golf course for the very first time in my life. I, I don't know if I'm actually going to play, because if you don't know, I had spine surgery on August 8th, but that's what I said, I'll, I'll drive the cart. But there's a determination in the minds of my brothers, my brethren on the West Coast, my Asian brother, my Asian twin, Tony Kim, my Mexican chauffeur for the week, who's a, an incredible lawyer, Evie Zavala. They are determined to get me to swing a club. And, you know, since Tony is the executive director of HIM, I might have to honor his wishes, and we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I feel as God moves me. He might need to move. Because I think that golf is going to cause me to sin. That's, that's part of the issue. I think I might have an issue with that. But, you know, maybe there'll be grace on the first time out. But I get competitive. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm actually now I'm, I'm sad that I even mentioned that because you're all going to be asking me, how did it go? I'll be like, I went to the putt-putt golf place while they, they played big boy golf. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Leviticus 26. And we are in, this is the last Sunday of Elul, correct? Yes. So we're stepping into the Hebrew New Year. And like Leviticus 26. And as you're doing that, I want to pray for the word, but I want to speak a declaration. I've spoken this declaration before, but it's been some time. And, uh, and as I speak this, I want you to receive it as though it is yours. Roberta, Teresa, Elizabeth is going to Botswana next month. In two weeks? Okay, so we'll be praying for her. We should have just prayed for her today. Three weeks. Oh, there you are. So Elizabeth is going to Botswana. I love it. So receive this declaration. The power and presence of God is upon me. The same spirit that eternally, eternally disrupted the power of death is inside of me, and that Holy Spirit quickens me. 
The words of God have empowered me to navigate every situation, every circumstance, every struggle, every struggle, and every victory in my life. His divine power has supplied every gift, every tool, and every material needed for this life because I know Jesus. His divine power has supplied all strength, all power, and the path to all authority that I may be Jesus Christ's ambassador and representative on earth. He is my God. Therefore, his righteousness is upon me. His peace is upon me. His provision is upon me. Because I give glory to God, God releases his glory upon me. I am not encumbered. I am empowered. I am not impoverished. I am prosperous. I am not run down. I rise up. I am not under a curse, but blessed well beyond it. I am a child of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. 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 You know, Jesus said, if, unless you become like one of these, you cannot enter the kingdom. He was referencing children. And oftentimes I say, you know, we enter the kingdom as a child, but once we're in the kingdom, it's incumbent upon us to mature, to put away childish things. But sometimes we have to recall what it was like to be a child because sometimes we attach things in the name of maturity that actually is timidity. You don't have to look much further, much beyond than in the way sometimes we worship because we worship God through our own cultural worldview instead of in the way that maybe he wants us to worship. What does it look like to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your, and your, and your, you guys are gonna be participators in the divine nature. You're not, you're not spectating today. Amen? Okay. And so I was thinking back about what it was like to be a child. I mean, I don't have to go back very far because I still can be. But I can remember when I was a kid, and we lived in this house, and it was, you know, kind of in the woods. It was at the end of a cul-de-sac and, and down a steep driveway, and which was interesting in the blizzard of 78, because my dad was stuck. His car made the papers. The only reason why we knew that it was his car was because of the location, number one. But number two, you could just see the, the top of his, I don't know, 1970s Toyota, what, whatever the Toyota was back then, with this giant, like, 10-foot CB antenna coming off of it. That's just the way my dad rolled. He was a communications kind of guy, electronic stuff, you know. And so, but it was good because we could communicate with him on the CB, so we knew what was going down. And so we lived in this place, and, you know, for me as a kid, when it rained, I wanted to be out in the rain. I didn't want to spectate. I didn't want to sing songs about rain. I didn't want to read books about water. I wanted to get outside and get wet. And something about kids, and you know, I'm sure that there's some exceptions, but for some reason, when a kid sees a puddle, they don't want to write a poem about the puddle. 
They don't want to read a nursery rhyme about a a puddle. They want to jump right smack dab in the middle of the puddle in a way that it makes other people wet. Unless you become like one of these, you will not inherit the kingdom. And sometimes in our maturity, in the way that we think that we should behave, because we've been drilled what decently and in order looks like over generations, that we forget what it's like to want to step in. And that's putting it gently. I titled today's message, Step In, but maybe it should be Jump In. Because step in, stepping in is, a, is still a little bit too demure. You can, you can kind of still step into something and still feel like you've held on to your dignity. But it was David who said, I will become even more undignified than this. Back in, in revival days, people prophesied over me over and over and over again, this Davidic anointing. And people said, you're going to dance like David danced. And I said, A, number one, I don't think I have the skill set to dance like David danced. I mean, maybe he wasn't a good dancer, but every time I think about dancing, like during worship, my brain goes back to Napoleon Dynamite, the movie. And it's not even, and then I have to think, you know, actually he was pretty good. I'm not that good, but when I start, so I, you know, but I'm working on that. But let me tell you, the last thing that you want to do is, you want to see is me stripping down to my linens and dancing before the Lord. But you never know. Anything is possible at the Bridge Metro West. There was a word recently that talked about the river. And I love that passage. I love that, that chapter in Ezekiel that talks about the river, about being ankle deep and knee deep and, and waist deep. And, and I don't know how deep we are. I just know that we haven't gotten into the space of the river where it cannot be crossed. There is still yet more. And we sang about more. We want more, Lord. Do you really want more this morning? Do you really want more this morning? You got to step in. You got to jump in. Leviticus chapter 26. God, I pray that you would breathe upon your word because your word is spirit and life. So in a sense, Lord, I'm, I'm asking that you would exhale from your word and breathe upon us as your word is uttered this morning. Oh, God, I pray that you would, you would strengthen the angelic assigned to this house, God, that as you are glorified, as we focus in on you, that indeed, again, the atmosphere even of the space would be activated, oh, God. I pray that the works of darkness would be cut off of our lives. I pray that strongholds of our thinking would be torn down this morning. And I pray that every demonic entity that would seek to attach itself to anyone in this room would be driven out into the abyss never to return as your sword drives deep into our hearts today, oh God. You are unstoppable. You are unmovable. Your word is truth. You are eternal and you are loving and lovely and you are here among us today. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Leviticus 26, beginning with verse 1. 
You shall not make idols for yourselves or erect an image or a pillar. And you shall not set up a, a figured stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your rains and their seasons and the land shall yield its increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest and the grape harvest shall last to the time for the sowing and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely i will give peace someone say peace in the land and you shall lie down and none shall make you afraid and I will remove harmful beasts from the land and the sword shall not go through your land you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and will confirm my covenant with you you shall eat old store long kept and you shall clear out the old, clear out the old, clear out the old to make way for the new. And I will make my dwelling among you and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and, and will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and you should not be their, that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect the word of the Lord come on so in closing just kidding it's a powerful passage and I feel like it is for today and next week we're just reading the word of God Teresa it's all right come on Next week, we have a powerful prophetic word coming from Mama Verna to launch us into the Hebrew New Year and into this season that we're stepping into. It's time. It's time. It's time. I'm speaking to you, online audience, online fam. It's time. So I often talk about the blessing. And what does it look like to be in the blessing of God? Because you know, a lot of times we read the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, if you read beyond what we just read, we step into the warning of God. And make no mistake, there are warnings that come from God. There are requirements. See, in the, the land of the free, in the home of the brave, we, sometimes we want to uh, you know, make our thoughts of God become so human that we forget that there are requirements to be a blessed people. This did not end at the cross. The cross gave us an opportunity to step into greater glory, a greater blessing, and to actually be the temple of the living God. And so how much more do the warnings stay true because God is giving us a warning because he wants you to stay in the place of blessing. And you can be in the place of blessing in the midst of your circumstance. And I say it often, you know, you know one of the greatest places of blessing 
for a couple of the apostles was when they were in a prison after being beaten at midnight and they had a praise party. And when they had the praise party in the midst of their circumstance because they understood what they jumped into, what they stepped into, chains fell off, prison doors opened, the word of the Lord went forth and the captain, the leader, the prison guard actually was saved and baptized because God sent them to a prison. Sometimes we're so busy trying to get out of the very place that God put us in because he puts you in an uncomfortable place with people that you don't like and with a boss that, that's just mean to you and maybe you feel undervalued and underpaid or underprivileged or whatever the under might be, but the reality is you might be in a circumstance that is under, but in Christ you are always over. You are always seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're always on top of your circumstance. You might walk through a valley of the shadow of death, but fear not. Why? Because God is with you, and when God is there, perfect love is there, and when perfect love is there, it eradicates, displaces, and casts out fear. Do not fear. If you're in a dark place, have a praise party. But there are requirements. We love the idea of signs and wonders and miracles, but we don't I love the idea of actually engaging in daily spiritual disciplines that prepares our vessel and our character to support them. One who works signs and wonders and miracles without character is a circus show. So what's the first requirement listed here? Guys, there's so much. But do not bow and worship to any created thing. And what do I mean by that? You know, people will say, well, people bow before the queen. There's a space of honor and there's a space of worship. There's a difference between honoring authority and worshiping a created being. So do not revere anything in such a way that it blocks your vision of him. You will know the difference between honoring authority and worshiping the created being when one stands between your face and his, that means that you have held that thing in greater reverence than you hold his face. Could be anything. Could be entertainment. It could be your comfort. It could be your history, what yesterday was like. Why is my life like this today? It's okay to ask questions. But your questions should lead you to your throne, not become between your heart and his. Whatever you value more than his face is what you bow in reverence to. Whatever you are not willing to let go of in order to lay hold of the kingdom you revere. When we give offerings, it's so important to understand, and not only when we sow into his kingdom here, but when we sow into people, when we give people a gift, you are releasing authority of that which is in your hands, and you're placing it in the hands of another. That's what a gift is. 
Some people like to give a gift and they like to tell you what to do with it. You ever been given a gift and be like, and they're like, well, I'm going to give this to you, but if you ever don't want it, then you have to give it back to me. That's not a gift. You're just loaning something. When you give, you release 100% authority of that which you had. And now you say, that is yours. And you don't have to worry about what they do with it. Sometimes we overthink even how we sow into the poor. We walk by the homeless. Or we do, you know, and I understand that there's wisdom. But I think sometimes we overthink it. And sometimes we miss opportunities. Sometimes we hold on to something in the name of wisdom when what God is really asking us to do is to release authority of that which we possess into the hand of another without respect of what they might do with it. It's a lesson in discipline. It's a lesson in giving. My voice just cracked. I'm going through puberty. It's okay. Next requirement, start from the stopping. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. What does that mean? We start from the stopping. We start, we launch from a place of rest. We're not working toward the weekend. We are being launched from the Sabbath. We are launched from what we do here today. We're not reaching toward, this isn't the destination, this is the launching point. This ought to be a culmination, a celebration of what God is doing through you Monday through Saturday. Yeah, I, I appreciate that we get recharged, we get fed, we get filled. But let me tell you, when I look around this group of people here this morning, it ought to be less about what you get fed and more about who you're feeding. And I'm talking about the Word of God. When we reach a, a certain level of maturity, we don't gather together to get fed anymore. We gather together to see who we can feed. We're not raising a church of, of fat, dumb, and happy people that are just bloated and keep engorging. We keep going to the buffet, and I want more crab legs. I want more sushi. I want more whatever it is. It's time to feed somebody. But you start from the stopping. Sabbath, Shabbat literally means stop. At creation, first man, first woman are created. They're comforted into the garden. And then it's the eve of the sixth day. They were blessed. They were commissioned to do work. But they didn't start with work. It was the eve of the sixth day. They started from Sabbath. We start from the stopping. And when we start from the stopping, we have a launching point from which we can step in. Number three, walk in his statutes. Walk in his statutes. What does that look like? We talk often about you know, praying in the name of Jesus. You know, we always we end prayers in the in the name of Jesus, and 
You know, I've said this before, that the name of Jesus isn't like a rubber stamp that we put at the end of our prayers. What does it look like to pray in the name of Jesus? It presupposes that you are in the name of Jesus with your eyes wide open, and when you're in the name of Jesus and you look around at what's around you in the name of Jesus, you know what to pray because it's already manifest in that place, and all he's asking you to do is to reach in to that that spiritual place of his name and pull it down to earth. Kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that prayer is. But you can't pray that prayer with effectiveness unless you are in the name. You've got to walk in the name. What does it look like to walk in his statutes? Jesus, it was is said of him that he was there at the beginning. He, he is the firstborn from the dead. He is the word that became flesh and walked among us by him, through him, to him, were created all things. Jesus is the word. He is the Torah scroll that became flesh and walked and spoke. And so now in new covenant times, what does it look like to walk in his statutes, walking in the name of Jesus? Jesus even said, I can do nothing of myself. I can only do what I see the father doing. And oh my goodness, my father is moving across the sea. And so I'm going to get in a boat and I know that there's going to be a storm, but my God is with me, and so I'm going to just take a little nappy in the boat. And I know that my disciples are going to freak out because they don't know him like I know him. I'm trying to show him, Father. I'm trying to show them, Father. But but they don't know you. They don't even really know who I am yet. But I'm still going to find a space of complete rest because though I'm in the midst of the storm, I will not fear because I know that you're with me. And this is where you're going, and so that's where I'm going to go. And so when the disciples couldn't figure it out, they couldn't uh, wrap their brains around what was going on, and they thought they were about to die on a boat in the sea, they woke him up. And he looked at them and said, don't you know? Do you feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death? Don't you know who's with you? And then three words, peace, be Still, that wasn't for Jesus' benefit. It was for ours. Even in that moment, there was a blessing. There was grace. Walk in Jesus and in Jesus' name. Open your eyes. And when you See what it is that he's about to do in you. And you name it, it manifests in this realm. Kingdom come, your will fully manifest on earth as it is in heaven. We are now the conduits between heaven and earth. We are therefore Christ's ambassador as though he was making his appeal through us. It's Christ in us that is the absolute assurance of the revelation of the glory of God on earth. That's who you are. That's who we are. I'm not asking you to be anything unusual. I'm just asking you to be a child of God today. What does that look like? We're talking about it. So, When we check ourselves and we recognize that 
We will not bow and worship to any created thing. We will not revere anything in such a way that it, it comes between our face and his. When we understand that we launch from a place of Sabbath, that we live from a place of rest, let me, let me just speak on that just one moment more because I know that there's so much teaching about rest out there and it's what it's done and it's primarily in, in the Western church, primarily even in the Church of America, that we, we love this idea of rest because we're so afraid of legalism, we're so afraid of walking into works, but the reality is that the examples that we have in Scripture labored for the kingdom to the point of exhaustion. That is reality. You can not like me. You can be frustrated with me, but I would charge you to read the word and understand what it meant when the apostle said, I beat my body into submission. What the, the apostle meant when he said, I despaired even to the point of death. I read the account of the Apostle Paul even, in, and I realize, you know what, my life's not that bad. I mean, I've seen persecution firsthand. I've been in the middle of it. I've been in, in what it really looks like to be in systematic oppression of Christians. I've been in, in that nation. I've seen it. I've experienced it. But you know what? I don't have, I'm not wearing the stripes of my faith on my back. I am, I've not been beaten. I've personally not been imprisoned, but I know people who have. I just recently got a report out of a nation that I've, I've visited frequently that the, the, the church leaders in one particular city that I used to run with, they've all disappeared. Because there are governments that will just disappear you for your faith. That's just what we call it. They, we, they, they were disappeared. No one knows. No one's heard from them. We don't know if they're alive. We don't know if they're in an internment camp, which is a really nice way to put it. I haven't lived that. But we start from the stopping. We walk in his statutes. When we do these things, according to the scripture, what is going to happen? Then, then the rain will fall. We used to sing that song, it was so popular, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. And then on the other side of that, we had this other song that we sang so much that we loved, fire fall down, fire fall down, on us we pray. And then the fire comes to purify us, and it wasn't the fire that we were expecting. And all of a sudden, we feel like our life is haywire. We want to blame it on the enemy, but what God is actually doing is he's in the process of bringing fire to the secret places of your life that you thought were hidden because he wants to purify you. And purification and sharpening is always a violent process. When gold is dug up out of the ground, it has to be purified before it's usable. It's still gold. It's still of value. But it is not in a state in its current state that, that is uh, usable to be worn. It has to be placed in fire. It has to be purified. It has to be shaped into the form of whatever, whatever ornament or, or jewelry or whatever the case may be before it is usable. There is a process that it must go through. There is a process that you must go through to be purified. 
And that's what it means when Paul is saying we are being transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory. There is a process that we go through as he wants to elevate us into deeper and greater levels of his glory. It's not just a Holy Spirit party. It's the process of maturity. But in our maturity, we cannot forget that when there is a puddle of the river of God, we better jump in. We better step in. It's time to get other people wet. You know, my kid, we don't go to the ocean a lot, but we, you know, we used to go to a lake all the time. And, uh, you know, I'm not a jump in the water kind of guy anymore. I'm just not. I'm a, I'm a slow roller, especially ocean water, especially ocean water like in Maine. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't care. I remember, I have this memory. I was telling you guys about memories, you know, from my, I was probably three years old. We were still living in New Jersey. It was probably about 60 degrees and raining. We had a 1970 or 1971, I think it was a Chevy Malibu red station wagon with a V8 engine. <laughs> It got about two feet to the gallon in gas. In its older days, it began to break down a lot. But I remember my mom, she pulled over to the side because we were living in, in a, a coastal New Jersey town. And she said, okay, kids, we're going in. And I watched my brother and I watched my sisters with their clothes on go running out of the car and running into the ocean. And of course, I dawdled my way there. Because when you're a kid, you're not afraid to go in. It doesn't matter if you feel like you got the right clothes on today. It doesn't matter if you feel like you, if it's appropriate in the moment. When mom says go, you just go. It's the freedom that you long for anyway. There's something in your spirit that begins to, to bubble up inside you. Stop tamping it down. You were created for a sound, and he's put that sound in you. I don't care if you're the first one. I don't care if you're the second one, but there's got to be a time when you begin to feel that shout bubble up in you that you just release that sound for the glory of the Lord. Then the rain will fall in its season. What is its season? That's his season. The rain doesn't fall when you think it should fall. The rain falls when he says it's going to fall. But make no mistake, the rain is about to fall. Are you ready? When you see the rain, are you going to huddle up inside and look out your window and maybe write something nice in your prayer journal about the rain? Are you going to read scriptures about the rain? Are you going to come to church on a Sunday morning and sing songs about the rain? Or when the rain falls, are you going to run out and get in the middle of it? Because when my... <laughs> We would go to this lake, you know, where, where our adopted aunt lived. She bought this house on a lake for, I don't know, I think $6,000. And she passed away, and they sold the lot for just, I mean, they could have sold it for a lot more, but 
They sold it to a friend of the family so that they could still have access. And it sold, well, just let me just say, it sold for a lot more than that. And it was just a lot. They just tore the house down and they built this incredible home. But wherever we would be, whether it was the lake or the ocean or recently in Hawaii, I mean, Hawaii is nice, but the, the water's not like, it's not like bath water or anything. The Pacific water is, is cool. Yeah, oh, it's nice. I love palm trees. You know I do. But, you know, I like Fort Lauderdale ocean water. It's like a bath. I mean, I'll stay in that for hours, and I'll run in. But my son will always be the first one to get wet. And if I don't get in the water in the timetable that he sees fit, then he starts walking toward me like this. Because a child, I mean, he's 16. But if I'm 50 and I'm still 11 in my head, then he's 16 and 15. Sometimes he's more mature than I am. Sometimes. But I know the look. I know the stance. He's like the creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm dating myself with that movie. And he gets up out of the water, arms outstretched, walking toward me. And I'm like, no, son. <laughs> no, son. But that's what children do. They want to get someone else wet. Unless you become like one of these, you will not inherit the kingdom. But you don't have any water to get someone else wet with unless you've been in it. Singing songs or reading books about it, it that, that doesn't matter unless you've actually been saturated. His reign is coming. Not in your season, his season. And here's the thing. The rain will fall upon the seed that you sowed in a previous season. That ought to put the fear of God in you. It does me. Because I, it causes me to think, when I know that we're in an about-to moment, it causes me to think about the seed that I've sown in the previous weeks and months and years, and not just what you see, but what I've sown into my life, what I've sown into my heart. When the rain comes, something is going to grow. Will it be wheat or will it be tares? What have you sown in the previous season? See, at creation, God put seed in the ground. But that was the last time he put seed in the ground. Then he said, you go, you sow, you be fruitful, you multiply. And then in the next chapter, we see that it says that no leafy green thing had grown because man had not yet been created to till the soil. He planted the seed, but he was still waiting for you and me to come and till the soil. This is not a charismatic magic trick. It's us engaging in the everyday of life and sowing seed everywhere that we go so that when the rain comes, when the rain comes, when the rain comes, we will reap a harvest if we faint not, if I could access the King James for just a moment. Are you ready for the rain? Are you ready for the rain? 
I, there's, like a, there's like a warfare thing happening in my belly today. I just got to say, and it may not make sense because I know that we've suffered loss. I know that we're, we're in a state of mourning. I know that, that we're in a state of weeping, but weeping may endure for the night. Joy comes in the morning. And as I looked around the house this morning, the people that were worshiping the hardest were the ones that were in the most pain or had reason to be. I still, I still think of John. We do this song. I don't remember what the song is, but I will dun, 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 dun the heavens. Yeah, yeah. What is that line? Something about shout. Come on. I will rip a hole in the heavens, and but there's something about shouting in that song later on in the line. We got to step through the whole song. I will shout at the top of my lungs. I will scream. John Landry, how tall was he, like six? He was six, three and a half. And we would sing that song. And, and how old was he? I don't know, just pick a, pick a year. Sixties, okay. And he would stand here with his beautiful white dome. And I will scream at the top of my lungs and this white boy would stand over here and go, hey! And every time I, we sing that song, I still, I'm telling you, this is not hyperbole, every time we sing that song, I still see him standing right here screaming at the top of his lungs, even if he was the only one doing it. Because he understood that there's a sound in the belly. He's put a sound of warfare. He's put a sound of victory. He's put a sound of freedom in you. And I don't care what culture tells you. I'm not interested in the culture of the land. I'm interested in taking the culture of the kingdom and releasing it, superimposing it, and transforming the culture uh, where God has placed my feet for such a time as this. That's reformation. I don't, I, revival is great. We need personal revival. We need corporate revival. Bible. The church needs to wake up. But if it is not unto something, then we just get fat, dumb, and happy. Then we've got to have a release. And if we can't release the sound here, we're not going to release the sound out there. The rain is coming. And what happens when the rain falls? We read on in this scripture. The enemy... Will, won't stalk you from the shadows anymore. The enemy won't be chasing you anymore. I don't talk a lot about the enemy because I don't feel the need to glorify him, but the reality is we are in a war. We are in a battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I am not fighting against people. I am not in a battle against someone who identifies a witch, someone who identifies as a Republican, someone who identifies as a Democrat. I am not at, at war with the vessel. I am at war with the spirits and the spiritual dynamic that would set itself against the Word of God, that would set itself against the kingdom agenda. And when we get into this place now where we revere God, we jump into his name, we jump into the river, then the enemy is not chasing us anymore, we're chasing him. Five of you will chase 100. 100 of you will chase 10,000. Oh, I think the odds are good for the bridge Metro West. 
and the enemy will fall by the sword. So it's time to start swinging your sword. I got to be careful because I don't know how strong my right hand is already. <laughs> I had that spine surgery, but I just feel like just if it flies, then you're just going to have to catch it. It's time to swing the sword. But you've got no weapon to swing unless the weapon is inside you. That's how this sword works. Five of you will chase 100. 100 of you will chase 10,000. You are overpowered. You are OP in the kingdom. Teresa's sitting here, and so it's bringing that back that memory of when Matthias and I went onto his family's property deep into the woods, and we decided to go shooting. And in the first, I don't know, what was it, 10 minutes, I had like five ticks crawling up my legs. I pull one off, and I throw it off, and I take another. They were chasing me down. But I know in whom I am, who I, who, in whom I have believed and who has created me to be. And he is able. And so something snapped on, in me on the fifth tick. Something wasn't right. And so I was like, you know what, Matthias? It's going down for real. I took that tick and I walked down range in a safe manner and I put the tick on the, on the target. We had a little bit of electrical tape and so I looped it and stuck the tick on there. Its little legs were doing this thing and I started firing away with my Smith & Wesson M&P9C from about 75 to 100 feet and I could see that the, the bullets were hitting all around the target but they weren't, they weren't quite getting where they needed to be be and then I remembered the scripture he set a table before me in the presence of the enemy and so I got to go to the enemy is to get to the table I didn't really think that that just came into my mind at the time and so I went down range all gangster style and I walked up to where that tick was and I fired at point blank range because I know that I am OP in the kingdom and I'm telling you that thing disintegrated there was no sign of its existence on the other side of that firepower. We are overpowered in the kingdom. When the rain falls, five, put 100 to flight. 10, 100, put 10,000 to flight. The odds are good for the bridge Metro West if we remain vigilant, if we are positioned, if we step in. Somebody say step in. We're going to step into his name. We're going to step into his nature. We're going to jump in the river and we're going to allow him to take us where he wants to be. And I believe that as the rain falls, it will germinate the seed that we sowed in a previous season. That's the season that we're in. So the enemy won't stalk you from the shadows anymore. You will chase your enemy. Number two, you will eat from store long kept. What does that mean? In the NIV, it says, you will eat from last year's harvest. Because the harvest will be so plentiful, it will lead up to the next season of sowing. That's abundance. Somebody say abundance. 
And you will have to clear out the old to make room for the new. Every once in a while, we order like meats in bulk. And we have a freezer in the basement. We can fill up the freezer in the basement with all this meat. And then, you know, some months down the line, we get more food. And my wife might go down to the basement and she looks in the freezer and she starts pulling things out for us to eat because she recognizes that we need to clear out the old to make room for the new. If we are holding tight to that which was, we will not have an open hand to receive that which is. Sometimes we are so addicted to the suffering in our history that we are not stepping into the freedom that is our destiny. Such was the problem. This is what Moses is trying to do with Israel in this moment because he recognizes that they've been taken out of Egypt. In Hebrew, the, the word Egypt literally means the narrow place, the place of your pressing, the place of your squeezing. And they were a slave nation. They were a people that had no identity. They had no name. They were just simply in Egypt to do the bidding of their earthly masters. But when Moses took them out, he understood that that God is trying to take them from the identity of being slaves to the identity of being free men. This is what, I, I believe it's Peter that writes, act as though you are free. Oh, we don't like that. We say, oh, that's hypocritical. It's not hypocritical. Why? Because you are free. When you say yes to Jesus, you're free. You are free. Act as though you're free. You might feel bound today. You might feel inhibited. You might feel like there's chains around your feet. But let me tell you, those shackles were broken off of you. And you might look down and still see the chains. But all you got to do is step out and step into the name, jump in the river, and act as though you are free because you are. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I pray for the day that I don't have to prompt you. You just shout. But you have to step inside. Step inside the name. Step inside the nature. Step inside the word that became flesh and walked among us. The sword of the Lord, the living God. His name is Jesus, Yeshua, the anointed one. And jump in the river. I'm talking about a big old rope swing, cannonball, land right into the middle of that thing. That place that cannot be crossed, that cannot be forded. And allow the spirit of the living God to take you downstream. You got to do things. You got to paddle. You got to stay above water you got to see where it is that he's taking you so that you understand what season you're in but let me tell you the season that is upon us right now it's about to rain it's about to rain it's not a maybe it's not a might be it's not a someday it will rain in his season and we've got to position ourselves under the cloud when it explodes with the water of the living God because we got to get someone else wet why do we get wet it's fun we like to go swimming I like to do that but it, you know it's the same way when I was a kid there was few things that brought me j more joy than getting someone else wet because I did the same thing I'd look at my siblings and see are any of them dry there's my mom. She's sunning herself. My dad I had a little more fear of, but 
my mom. And you would test a little bit, right? You walk up and I would just stick my hand out and there'd just be little drops hitting the forehead. And then a little bit more, I'm testing the waters. How wet can I make her before she starts yelling at me? Like, okay, now I'm gonna, oh, I just wanna give you a hug. I sometimes do that to my wife. I just wanna give you a hug. She's like, no, you don't. Sometimes it's not water. Sometimes it's just my sweat. I'm a little stinky. I've been out. I'm a little sweaty. Sometimes after church, you know what I mean? Like some of y'all, you've given me a hug and you're like, whoa, what is that? It's, it's the oil of the spirit. I walk up to her and with a big smile on my face, go, give me a hug, honey. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. You got to jump in because we got to get someone else wet. Splish, splash. It's taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not do that. Let's stand together. Somebody say step in. Somebody say jump in. Say this after me. I will jump in the rain. I will jump in the river. Now, I love that you just said that because I know the Holy Spirit is going to cash in on the words that you say. And you don't have to understand it all. I'm just telling you, but at the appointed time, be at the ready, be at the ready, be at the ready. We are in that Kairos moment. I understand that there is warfare. I understand that there is difficulty. I understand that there is pain. I understand those things. And it's an honor to serve in those moments. But the king is on the move. And let me tell you, the posture that I take is that there are things that come upon us that are not just. There are illnesses that come upon us that are not just. And when injustice takes a life on the ground upon which I stand, I plead for the justice of the Lord, and I war with the promises of God, and I look in the face of the enemy, and I say, you overplayed your hand this time. The sons of God will rise in this place. The daughters of Zion will shout in this place, and mourning will be turned to dancing, and we will dance upon and justice and Metro West will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let it come. It's time to step in. It's time to jump in. It's time to get saturated in the river, saturated in the oil of the Spirit that we would be like Wesley who would say, I just set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Oh, let us be burning ones here today from the youngest to the oldest setting ourselves on fire it's only the river of God that can burn that can burn with the oil of the spirit oh God let it be a river of fire that moves through this land oh God I want to call a ministry team up right now very quickly come and if you're here today or you're online you don't know Jesus we're gonna introduce you. But not only that, we wanna pray healing. We wanna pray deliverance, salvation over you. Breakthrough, you need breakthrough in your life. We're praying it. We're declaring it. 
the truth of his word. Breaker anointing. Breaker anointing. Breaker anointing. So if you don't know Jesus, I, I just want you to say this prayer after me. We're all going to pray together. Maybe you've known about him. You grew up in church. You've been churchified. But I want you to be electrified by his presence, his glory, his beauty. I don't want you to just know about him. I want you to know him because he knows you. He's calling you by name today. So pray this prayer after me. God, I want to know you. I accept your gift of life to me. I accept Jesus' death and his resurrection from death that reversed the curse of sin and death in my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my way and I turn toward your way. Would you please reveal your love to me now and I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for hearing me and honoring my request. In Jesus' name, amen. And so now, God, I pray for a fresh baptism of your love and a fresh baptism of your fire. God, I pray that your winds would blow in this place, that you would cause your goodness to forcefully blow over our faces here this morning, God. Lord, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage as you give us that fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, that fresh baptism, full involvement in your fire, in your glory, that we would have the boldness and the courage not just to inch our way into your name, not just to step slowly into the river, into the, even into the puddles at the banks of the river, but we would be like kids, the sons and daughters of the living God, and that we would step right in, that we would jump right in, that we would allow ourselves in a moment to be completely consumed by your glory, by your presence, by your water, by your river, by your oil, so that we can confidently say and sing, I got a river of life and it's flowing out of me because it flowed to me. It flowed over me because I stepped in when I saw it. I didn't shrink back. I was not destroyed because I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of faith. And that preserves my soul and leads me in paths of righteousness for his name sake so God I pray whether where we need physical healing would you release physical healing God where we need deliverance from the enemy you would release deliverance today where we need a breakthrough in our lives where we need the strongholds of our mind, the systems of logic built upon lies that we believe to be true based on negative past experiences, but those things that do not line up with your glory and your grace and your power and your anointing, God, I pray a breaker anointing right now to dismantle those strongholds brick by brick, stone by stone, so that the only wall that is left in our hearts are the walls of the kingdom that hide us from the schemes of the enemy 
and protects the word of God that has been deposited in our hearts even this day. So I speak your power. I speak your anointing. I speak your fire and your glory here today. All wrapped up in perfect love. Perfect love that goes deep touches the wounded place touches the wounded spaces of our lives go deep right now go deep right now perfect love perfect love perfect love perfect love Thank you for listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidry is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.